Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Amen and amen. I want to give a big just hallelujah to the Lord, especially for today, because, again, he always confirms something just over and over and over again. And I love him for it. Um, In that prayer. Wow. My goodness. The Lord used my mom to say something about that battle that we often hear about how it's not ours, but the important part of the battle not being ours is that it's already won because God won for us. Now, because we know we have the victory and we know the outcome, uh, we have work to do. And in the meantime, sometimes we get a little weary, we get a little weak, but God is good because this race isn't given to the swift, to the strong, to the wise, but it's given to those who can endure. And so our topic theme for today is endurance. And in light of, you know, the inspiration that backed it up being one of my favorite animes, uh, the title for this lesson is called Round Two Fight. Well, you may be asking why name it that. Well, one of my favorite shows is a boxing show. And the main character, whose name is Ippo, the entire time he's going throughout his boxing career, he uh, he's what we call an infighter. He doesn't like to to do anything fancy. He just wants to get in there, trade blows, knock you out, call it a day. That's my preferred thing when I like to play video games. But back on topic. In terms of that, it takes a lot of stamina to just stand there and take a hit while giving out a hit. It takes a lot of stamina to just be in the center of a ring or the center of a storm, the center of a trial or tribulation, the, the center of ridicule. And to just take that, it takes a lot out of you. It hurts most times. It's painful. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. But what do you do? You stay there and you keep going. Why? Because that's what it, the, the definition of endurance is all about. It's the power to push through until the end. But you know how we work in this Bible study if you're not new. So let's go ahead and dig into that. And we'll start with our definition. Then we'll hop into the scripture after I paint you a little more background. So our word for the night is hupafiro. So hupafirio means to bear by being under or to endure. And when we look further into it, hippo means under and firo means to bear or carry. So properly it is to carry under like an undercurrent of a river carrying someone away. And figuratively it's to endure because we are carried safely away from danger because of the river of God's spirit. Now, that is very important for the for the for the painting I'm going to I'm going to make for you guys here. So back to Epo in the show, like I said, he stays in the center. He keeps trading blows. That's his his boxing. That's what he does. 
That's his his faith, I'll say. And you may be wondering, well, isn't he afraid to just keep getting hit? Isn't he concerned? Shouldn't he do something else instead of just standing there taking and trading? Well, he could. But as if you know boxing pretty well, you have a trainer and they're the one that teaches you how to box. They're the one that instills all the skills inside of you and you perfect them by putting them into practice. Sounds a lot like this Christian journey, right? Well, let's go deeper. After a very grueling fight, he went back to his corner and his coach was saying, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. You're amazing. But Epo says, no, it's not me. You're the amazing one. When I was out there, I couldn't think of what to do because I was punch drunk. I had taken too many blows. But what I did remember was everything that you taught me. And I just kept swinging like I was swinging at the mitts and it worked. And the coach was like, you have that much faith in me. That's that's amazing. So now let's translate that when you're in a storm and then we'll hop into the word because I'm excited when you're in a storm and you're swinging and getting swung on. It hurts. You don't know what's happening half the time. Punches are just coming out of nowhere. Things are falling through. Calamity is going on like right now, still in a pandemic a year later, but God is still good. Things just don't make sense. And a lot of us are weary and tired and just ready to throw in the towel. But what happens if you've been applying what God has been instilling inside of you? If you have been walking out the the word itself, because remember, it's alive and it is well and it is powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. Well, then you don't have to worry about what to do next. Just like how Epo had faith in his coach and his trainer. We have faith in God. When I'm in the storm and things are happening, I'm not worried. I may get hit. I may be concerned. I may flinch up and get anxious because I'm a, I'm a human. We, we do that. That's the, the range of the human spectrum. But I always remember exactly what God told me. I remember that my father said that no weapon formed against me can prosper, that he overcame everything for my sake. So I don't have to be afraid. If I need something, I just need to ask him in his name and then he'll make it so. So just like how Epo has faith in his coach. Well, I got faith in my father to know that if I need strength, He'll give it to me because just like the word says, those of us who wait on the Lord, we are patient, meaning we are enduring the circumstances while waiting on God's promises to come into fruition. Well, if I wait on him, then I'll mount up on wings like an eagle. I will run and not faint. I will walk and not be weary because God is not only my source for life, but he is my source for strength, for endurance, for peace, for patience, for self-discipline, and every other good and holy and perfect thing. So let's hop into the word. We're going to start in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, and Matthew 10, verses 16 through 22. The Bible says, therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, 
Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to the sharing of God's glory or or to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we, utter, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And then in Matthew 10, Jesus says, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd or as wise as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested or when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But there's that magical scriptural word, but he who endures to the end will be saved. So it's a good chunk of scripture right here. Let's unpack it. Starting off, we're going to go back to Epo real quick. I've already told you about him. You have some backstory. You know that he has a lot of confidence, faith and trust put into his trainer the same way that we should have that put into God. Also, you can use other sports in this same way because all sports work the same. You train, you practice, you get results. You listen to whoever is instructing you because they know what's up. And when they know what's up and if you have the, the heart to be open to it and take it all in, well, then you will grow. You will have knowledge and then you'll become wise. Same thing with God. So. We look in Romans and we see that, well, for starters, we're here because of what Jesus did for us on Calvary. We are here and we are alive and well because of that great name whose name is Jesus. And we go further to see that when we run into trouble, when we run into problems, well, let's let's be happy about that. Like in the book of James, because they help us grow endurance. We get stamina training. The more things you go through in life, the higher your chances are of coming out practically unscathed. The longer you walk with Jesus, the more acquainted you'll be with toward ridicule or toward some things just not working out because the enemy is trying to do something. But you won't be worried about the negative side effects of training or going through something. Your mind will only be focused on the positive, which are the results of your training, your trials, your tribulations, the storm. What happens when you come through on the other side? You grow. You level up. 
Y'all know I love video games and I often reference them a lot when I teach. Well, it's because it's so relevant to how our lives are lived. When we go to on-job trainings or we spend time with one another or we read a book or study or do anything like that to better ourselves, we grow in a capacity. And once we reach a certain threshold, we then level up. We are now better than we were at whatever thing it was at some point in time. And now we're better. We're stronger. We're faster. We're wiser. We know how to handle things. When I first got saved, I had no endurance when things would go south. I would go cry to my grandmother, my mom or whoever and ask them to pray and work it out. And as they would pray for me and with me and show me how to do it. And then I got better. Well, when things start going wrong, now it's like, okay, I'm nervous, but I know God has me. So let me pray about this. And so now to where it's at a point to where I look at it and say, okay, I'm in a storm. I'm in a situation that must mean that God is about to level me up for something that I'm about to experience in the near to soon future or later in my life. But I need this particular training or this experience, or this storm, so I can be prepared for future endeavors. Stay with me here. We go forward. Jesus says that he sends us out like we're his sheep. We're getting sent out amongst the wolf den, but he wants us to be wise, very wise. Well, wisdom comes from him. So that means abide in Jesus, words that we love to use here because they have important meaning. Abide in him, we gain wisdom. Also, he wants us to be harmless as doves. While Jesus was here, he could have brought down literal hell and high water if he wanted to. Like he told Peter in the garden when he cut off the ear of the of the officer, if I wanted to, I could have legions of angels to come down to my rescue or to just blow things up. I could do whatever. I am God. But if I do that, How will the purpose get fulfilled? So now we're here. When you go through situations in life, again, it is to grow your endurance. And the endurance or the stamina that you're now gaining gaining, builds your character. The more resolve you have in Christ is the word we're going to substitute for character because that's all it means. The more resolve you have in him means that you are now more firmly planted and rooted inside of who Jesus is, meaning that you now have a more intimate relationship with God, that you can now handle more because you've been faithful over the little that you've been given. And now you get a lot more and to whom much is given, much is required, meaning that the storms don't stop. They get more intense. But the more intense the training is, the better the results get. You see what I'm saying? And so we keep going. And that resolve now leads to us having a more confident hope of salvation. Translating to, we now have less doubts. Now, if you were here last week for Bible study or you heard it, we talked about that in great detail. When we stop trying to figure life out, And we just trust God because he's the one who literally has the plan written out. And it doesn't end in a bad way, but it ends in good with the hope and a future with your name on it. So the less we try to figure it out and just trust God, 
Well, the quicker we can get the results when you stop fighting the current and go with it, the easier it is to go downstream. If the wind is blowing at 100 miles per hour and you're walking into it, you're not going to win. But if you walk with the wind, well, you can go wherever it takes you. So as it is with God, stop fighting the storm. Stop fighting the trial. Stop fighting the situation. Go with it. Run with it. Walk with it. Do whatever you got to do to keep pace with God. Don't let go of his hand because he surely won't let go of yours. But what I'm telling you is, is that when you just trust him, like Epo trusts his trainer, like basketball players trust their coaches when they draw up plays, just like a, a child trusts their parent, especially when they're young, and how we should have our relationship set with God. When you just trust and stop thinking so much, well then, just like my boy Epo, you get results. You win championships. You grow. You break out of generational curses. You can finally defeat the past. You can let all that stuff go. The dead horse that Satan keeps trying to drag in front of you. You take out an incinerator and you burn it because it has nothing to do with you. So now we move on to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll skip over to 11 and 13. So it says that love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, and it endures all things without weakening. Then in Hebrews, the Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And we will talk about that. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the Arthur and finisher of our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside, beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle against sin. And, you have, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever, whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? And then skipping down to verse 11, it says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. So again, we have a lot more meat right here. Let's go ahead and unpack it. We start off 
by seeing something important that God really brought to my attention while he was giving me this Bible study. We're in 1 Corinthians 13, where it teaches us what love really is and how love operates. It says that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In King James Version, it says that love suffers long. So when I looked at it and I pondered, I'm like, God, why are you showing me this particular scripture? It hit me. Oh, so you mean to tell me that the source of my endurance isn't me? And I knew that, especially at this point in my life. But it's your love. Your love is the key to me enduring. Uh, I'm going to get ahead a little bit. His grace is sufficient for us. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So that means that if I have a relationship with God, I'm already on the right track to building a lot of endurance. As I go through things in life, I have no choice but to call on God, to just trust God, to trust my father. Like if I have an issue right now, I can call my mom or call my granny, call my dad, call, call anybody who I know that loves me and they can help me out. But when you get into certain situations, no one can be there for you but God. So here's the thing. The more you spend time with God, the more you study, the more you really talk to him, pray. You don't have to sit there and recite things like the Catholics do. Just talk to God like how I'm talking to you right now. He understands. Trust me. I speak to him like this all the time. When you get in there with him, when you get like Jacob did and you start wrestling, when you just have something that's really bugging you and you just got to go give it to God and you got to deal with it. Well, guess what? God won't let you sit there and roll around on the floor. He will hold you. He will take the issue. He will move it from you as far as the east is to the west. And my favorite part, my, oof, my favorite, favorite part is that even if the problem or the issue isn't moved instantly, like how most of us want it because we love instant gratification, he gives us, and again, I'm getting ahead, a way out. If it's temptation, he shows us the path away from it so that we can endure. If it's something that's really bugging us, well, we got grace, which is more than enough for us. It is sufficient and sufficient in God's terminology is sufficiency surpassing sufficiency with a grade of excellence. So it's not bare minimum. It's more than enough. So God's love, it helps us endure. It builds stamina. As I go through life, as I get beat up, as some things happen to me, as I get some scrapes, scratches, and nicks, if I keep trusting God, if I keep allowing, key word, allowing the relationship to grow, well, guess what? I'm going to have more space in my life for God to be Lord, not, a, not just some person in a box, but Lord of my life like he wants to be. And when he's Lord of your life in more areas, well, the more you can endure things. And then we keep going and we see that in order to stay like that, we keep our eyes not these eyes, but our heart stayed on Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. 
wow, is that so? Well, you know the scripture that says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, then they are a new creature. Meaning that this you that you can see, inside of them is a driver. Well, before Jesus came, got in the car with you, the driver was passed out, drunk, dead, ready to crash, ready to take you into who knows what. But then Jesus stepped in, woke you up, put you in the back seat, gave you a cold compress for your head and some Tylenol. He took the wheel. Then when you came to, he put you in the passenger seat and he's showing you how to drive while giving you directions, explaining the whole Timbuktu because he loves you that much. So now it's like, wow, this is amazing. Not only is his love the source of my strength, but my endurance, my stamina, it's what keeps me going. Well, now it's literally working through me, just like the Bible said. And the best part about all of this is, is that when we take off the weights that keep us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And I'm not going to spoil this one because we're about to get into it right now. It all goes back to who love is and his name is Jesus. The better the relationship with Jesus, the more you can endure. The better the relationship, the stronger you'll become. The better the relationship, the more fulfilling the meals will be. And the, the water that he gives, as he told the woman at the well, you'll never be thirsty again. So just build that relationship if you have one. And if you don't, we'll get to know him because, again, nothing to lose. This is one big free gambit that you're going to enter into, and it pays off with exponential dividends. So we go down now because we're about to start connecting some dots here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, and in Ephesians 4, 17 through 27, the Bible says, Because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me each time. I'm just pause real quick each time. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected uh, and is completed and shows itself more effectively in your weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In Ephesians 4, the Bible says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. 
They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, there are three major things I want to point out here. The first and foremost is if we go back up to Hebrews chapter 12 and we look at the first verse, it says that we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, this is super important because you may be thinking, well, what's the sin that we're all subject to like that? Is it stealing? Is it lying? Is it fornication? Is it what is it? Well, let me tell you, it's what Jesus mentioned practically all the time, whenever he went somewhere, whenever he dealt with somebody who needed something, whenever they asked him, whenever he tested someone, if he didn't say, I do it right then and there, like the woman who came to him while he was eating dinner with the disciples, it all comes down to belief. So the sin that commonly besets us as people is unbelief. And it says it right there in Ephesians chapter four, that they have closed off their minds and hardened their hearts against God, meaning they don't want to hear it. They refuse it. It goes against what they want out of life. So they just, they have no belief. Now, when we translate that to our topic about round two, keep fighting, let's keep going. Let's, let's keep throwing hands. Let's, let's get in there about our endurance. Well, let me let me finish painting this this athletic picture for you. Epo is a very hard worker. He does not skimp on his training. Matter of fact, he trains so much and is so excited to do what the coach is telling him to do because he knows he's going to get results. He takes pride and pleasure in it. And a lot of his gym mates who may not be working as hard, see him and they get motivated because they want to be like him. They want to get the results from the hard work. Well, on the opposite side of hard work, we have prideful people who think just because some things may come easier to them, they don't have to work hard to keep it up or to get better. So they become arrogant. And that's where we get the picture. Well, not the picture, but the story of the, the, the hare and the, and the turtle. The hare or the bunny or the rabbit, whatever it is, challenged the turtle to a race because he knew he'd win because he was faster. So he ran so far ahead, took a nap, and by the time he woke up, the turtle had won the race. Why? Because he got arrogant in his own abilities. So it forfeited him what he could have had had he just stayed true, endured, kept going, didn't stop, didn't get a big head. We see the same thing in scripture. God hates pridefulness. He just hates it because what are we so proud of? 
that we're a fallen creation, that we sold ourselves into sin, that we are disgusting and no good, that we literally are helpless. That's a lot to be proud of. Each day we come up with new sins because the old ones just don't do it, right? So much to be proud of. But God and his loving kindness and great mercy, as we read earlier, at the right time came and died for us. That he loves us so much that while we were yet still his enemies, he sacrificed himself. So we keep going. And we see that if we would just stick to it, if we would just, my goodness, if we would just trust God, if we would continue to fulfill ourselves in love, If we would, in the midst of the storm, maybe not ask God to remove it because we know now his grace is sufficient for us, but that, and I'll skip ahead for a second, go before the throne of grace and mercy and ask for it because that's why Jesus died. Not just to save us, but so that we could have a direct pathway to the source of endurance. And that's God's love. That's his grace. That's his mercy right there smack dab in the center of it that's where we're going to get it by going to him not by being prideful just because God has accomplished so much in our lives through us we better remember that it wasn't us who did it it wasn't us who got us that job who got us that raise who got us that new car that house that spouse whatever but it was God through us and in order to keep us from getting a big head we all deal with something Not because God hates us, but because he loves us so much and because he's a good parent, he wants us to know right from wrong. And it's right to serve our God. Now, going back to Epo, as we continue with this, he takes pleasure in listening to his coach because he knows the results are going to come. Well, we can take pleasure in serving our God and just obeying him because not only will the results come, but the Lord loves an obedient child, just like any parent loves an obedient child. If you tell your kid to do something and they go do it, no questions, no ifs, no ands, no buts, you love that because they're just trusting you. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. And then you just want to you want to bless them. You want to love them up. You want to give them any and everything that you can, because in your eyes, they deserve it. Well, it's the same way for our Heavenly Father. Oh, your endurance is growing in that storm because you're not trying to get out of it. You're trusting me to get you through it, just like I told you I would every single time. Now I want to bless you. Because you made me so proud by being obedient. You made me so proud by putting all the things I've taught and showed you because God will show you things into practice. Now, you know what? I was going to save this blessing for next year, but you can have it today because that's how proud I am of your progress. That's how beautiful your endurance, your strength of character, your resolve And your confident hope inside of me is. That's how beautiful it is. See, and when you translate it back, Epo's coach is wonderfully proud of him because he got a championship and defended it multiple times because he trusted him. 
he got to where he got because he trusted him. And Epo started off as a bullied person. He was a bullied kid. And then he started boxing and he listened to the coach and he started building and growing and developing until he got to the, the champ. Well, that's what God is doing with us. We came in this thing dead, DOA, with no stamina. The first little thing that happened ruined us for life. I saw an article recently that said a lot of us are the age we are when we were scarred today. And that's so true. You could be 40 years old, but you're still a nine-year-old who was physically, mentally, emotionally abused or something. But see, with God, he'll give you the endurance to overcome that because the big bad monster in the closet or under the bed is nothing more than a dirty sock that you can put in the basket to get rid of. And that's what God wants us to see. That if we would trust him to endure through the storm, it's nowhere near as bad as it may seem. That's just this human spectrum messing with us. And God forbid something calamitous has happened to you in your life that has scarred you. Well, no problem or issue is bigger than our God. So while you're trusting him to get you through it, your endurance, your stamina, it's growing. Your mental fortitude, it's growing. Your emotional security, it's growing. Because God can never and will never let you down. I can attest to that. Because as my grandmother has said plenty of times, her mom, my great granny, used to tell her, I may let you down, but God never will. And granny has told me that in my life, my mom too. And I've seen it come to pass, though they may have let me down, not because they wanted to, but because we're people and we're full of faults. God never has and he never will. And I've been walking with him for a good while now. So now we move on because it's a lot here and it, it, this is all connected and I love it. We jump down to Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 through 16, and then first Peter uh, five, eight through 11. Oh, and there's one more thing I want to touch upon before I do that. Toward the end of uh, Ephesians four in the 26th verse, it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while we're still angry. In the King James Version, it says that be ye angry and sin not. Pastor, a friend of ours, and I'll make it quick because we're going to move on. He had a, a thing on Facebook that says, so you big mad. My grandmother told me about it. And it describes how when we're very angry, we want to get stuff done. We want to we just want to do something about it. That's when we're our actual weakest. And in, in my humble opinion, that it's not when we're sad, when we're depressed, because there's still some level of reason to us. But when we're angry, when we're furious, when we're blinded by that, we don't know what to do except act upon it. We, we start reacting instead of responding by letting God have it and do something with it. So what I've come to see, and the Bible says it too, it's that the thing with anger is the anger isn't the sin. The sin comes from when we allow it to get reactions from us. We The sin happens when we start feeding into the anger. When you're angry, and it takes a lot of work. I'm still working on it. A lot of us are. When you get angry, don't go do something crazy like want to get into a fight or curse someone out through text or phone or go hurt 
just chill out. Instead, take the anger. Pray, God, either help me get rid of the anger or take this frustration and let me do something for your name's sake. Turn this anger from whatever has bothered me and put it toward the enemy because that's who I should be mad at for thinking he can still try to get over on your people, even though he already lost the fight from before you laid the foundations of the world. We got to deal with that. But it's also important that I mention that and I thank you, God, for letting me get there, because as we wrap up with the, the last two segments of this lesson, you'll see why it's important to deal with the anger in that way, because it helps us with our endurance in a major way. So, again, Hebrews 4, 12 through 16 and 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11, and I'll put that on screen. The Bible says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then. Since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, including being furious. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, or the throne of grace and mercy, as the King James says. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Then in First Peter, the Bible says, be sober, well balanced and self-disciplined and be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experiences of sufferings are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone after you have suffered a little while. The God of all grace, he personally, who imparts his blessings and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete confirm strengthen and establish you making you what you ought to be to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever amen so this chunk right here it's main say is showing us that when we get into the word when we look into the mirror it is going to reveal us now if you're new to this christian journey get comfortable to being exposed, not to one another, but between you and God, because first and foremost, he already sees everything. He already knows it all. Nothing and no one can hide from God. Impossible. But once you get personal with God and you build your own relationship, the exposure isn't to put you out there. It's to put you in front of you. It's to let you see what's up. You think you're big and bad, but you're really just a cowering cub in a corner. You think you're high and mighty? You're as low as they come. 
And if you're arrogant, I mean, let's let's get real with ourselves. You can lie to other people, but you can't lie to God. And if you have a relationship with him, he will show you who you are. Now, in the process of showing you who you are, not only do you get accustomed to it, but now you start looking for weak points too. A trainer's job, going back to EPO, to basketball, to any sport, isn't just to teach their student or their pupil or their player, you know, new moves, new techniques. It's also to point out flaws in their game. And when the flaws are exposed, they can work on them. They can build them. So when God points out a flaw, it's not for you to feel bad. It's so you can grow. Too many people, especially those outside of the church. I don't mean the building. I mean the family of Christ. It's too many people who love to say things so contrary and have never opened the Bible a day in their life. Or to think just because they read through it, they can say something. Well, when you read the Bible, if you don't have God with you, it's going to confuse you because from a human perspective, it's an oxymoron. How can it say this and then say that? Well, and if you read the Amplified Version, you'll really know what I mean. The Amplified Version is basically reading between the lines printed out. The Holy Spirit lets us read between the lines because it's more than what the face print says. It's about what God is saying to our spirits. That's why, and the Lord has had me say this quite often, you can't study for a math test if you're looking in a history book. You got the wrong material to study. It can't help you do anything. Or why would you try to study for a science exam and you're getting tutorials you know, from the English teacher, two and two don't go together. Oil and water don't mix. Neither does carnality or the human side of things mix with the spiritual. Y'all got to be on one accord. And that's what the trainer's job is with the player. For y'all to be on one accord so that when you point something out, there's no, ah, I'm not going to worry about that or why you got to bring that up. It'll be, yeah, I noticed that myself. How can we fix it? When God says, hey, you're kind of mean, you're a you're a little stuck up. Stop being so stingy. Be more kind to people. God, I've noticed that myself. How can we fix that? Go back up. Love. Let more of God's love into your life. The more love, the more strength. The more love, the more endurance or stamina. The more love, the more patient you can be. The more love, the more gentle you can be. The more love, the more selfless you can be. The more love, the more disciplined you can be. You see the you see the trend here? The more we let God's love into our life by opening ourselves to a wider array of the relationship, the more we can grow. It's just simple math, y'all. The God math that we love, that unmerited favor, it's shown so boldly when we let more love in and we see that the most when the enemy is coming after us if we would just be on guard waiting for it and looking out for it well then what happens when we resist the devil he flees from us and our God who loves us so dearly 
it's just bringing us closer and closer and closer. So let's wrap this up. In James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, 1 Corinthians 12 through 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 12 through 13, and Revelation 2, 8 through 11. We see the the point of keep fighting. We see the the reason why we got up after those few knockdowns and why we keep on stepping. The Bible says God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. In 1 Corinthians 10, the Bible says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. Let me say that again. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or the things that we still have in our heart working against us he won't allow that to be more than we can bear when we are tempted he will show us a way out so that we can endure and then jesus himself says to write this letter to the angel of the church in smyrna this is the message from the one who is the first and the last who was dead but is now alive i know about your suffering and your poverty but you are rich i know the blasphemy of those opposing you they say they are jews but they are not because their synagogue belongs to satan do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer the devil will throw some of you in prison into prison to test you you will suffer for 10 days but if that's the most beautiful combination in the bible but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. So y'all, we've made it to the end of the final round. Here's what we got. God blesses any of us who can endure the testings and temptations of this life. We know that temptation comes from our own desires that are still inside of here, because just because we got saved doesn't mean we're fixed. We're saved, meaning that we won't go to hell. Now God has us in the sanctification process so that we can be reconfigured. Just like how <clears throat> if you take some Play-Doh, and you make a sculpture, well, it's still Plato, but if you smush it up, it's devoid of form. So now you have to remold it into what you were envisioning it to be. And as we saw earlier, God has us on this course in life, which again, it's leading us to good, to hope, and to a future so that we can be made into what we ought to be. 
and that is his earthen treasure. That is his peculiar people. That is his royal priesthood. That is the salt to the nation. That is the light of the earth. That is to be his anointed vessels so that we can get more brothers and sisters. When that happens, God is glorified. So not only is he blessing us for just enduring the storm, but he's blessing us for enduring ourselves because it's tough. Your biggest enemy is you. We keep going and it tells us again what temptation is. It comes from us. But the thing about temptation and that's alleviated in 1 Corinthians 10 is that if we let it fester, if we start feeding it little tidbits, like you pick up some food from your plate and give a baby so they can get acquainted with table food, it starts to grow like a tumor. And tumors are cancerous. And eventually, if you don't get it fixed or taken care of, they can come, they can become um, benign, I believe is the term. And if it's not, then forgive me, I'm not that big on medicine like that. But the point is, they become unoperational. You can't get rid of it. Just like how Pharaoh had hardened his heart against God, there was no hope for him. Instead, he got exactly what he wanted to stay in disbelief, to believe the illusion, because the Bible says, and God made it very clear that when I come, I'm going to pay the hearts of men and give them exactly what their actions have earned them. If you serve God, well, guess what? You've earned salvation. You've earned the treasures that are being stored for you in your special house that he has, that he's building for you right now. On the flip, okay, well, there's hell. You're already dead. Now you got to go burn and get tormented. And then when everything's wrapped up and the rest of the family is gone, well, now you got to die again. Two deaths. Do you really want to go through that? Don't go through that. No, just get, get it right now, please. The point is, is that we go on and God is faithful and he loves us and he gives us a way out of temptations. But Jesus says, and we had a whole lesson about it. He puts a number he puts a time period on the suffering. You've been suffering 10 years. I understand that's a lot in our spectrum of how time operates, but that's irrelevant to God. If a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years to the Lord, that means that in your 10 years of suffering, a day hasn't passed for him. And it may seem harsh. I get it. Trust me, I do. I've suffered with some things almost all of my life and some of them I'm just getting past. And I've shared a lot of those with y'all. But the point is, is that at the right time and Kairos, God's perfect timing, you went through the storm enough so that your stamina could get you prepared for the next fight. And that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. While we are being continuously sanctified, while we are continuously having the seeds of iniquity plucked out of our heart so that we can grow and keep on moving, we're, we're training. This is on-the-job training. It's not fun. It's not pretty. It doesn't feel good. The Bible said it. But what happens at the end? We have something beautiful to show and something that we can take pride in. Not pride in ourselves, but pride in how wonderful of a potter our father is. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying thank you, Lord. We thank you oh so much that through every single thing that we will go through in life, 
that because of your love, we can endure. It's because of your love being the source for all of our strength, our knowledge, our wisdom, our everything. It's the reason why we can go on. Father, you are the reason why we are here. You are the reason why we have a purpose in life. And God, we thank you that the purpose you've given us, you didn't just charge us with the task and have us go about it alone, but that you walk with us through it every single step of the way, providing, nurturing, teaching, growing, removing, cultivating, pruning. You are doing all the work and we just have the added bonus of getting the benefit for being obedient. So, God, we just want to say thank you because, Lord, it doesn't make sense how much you love us, but it doesn't matter. Because you simply love us. And because of what you did on Calvary, we have an example to see what that love truly means. That you died for a wretch like me. Someone who deserved every bad, terrible, and nasty thing that could have happened to me in this life. And certainly, that place that was reserved for me in hell. But your love overrode it. Your love said no. Your love got us out of it. And to any of us who would accept your love, we are now grafted into your family. And Lord, we thank you for a home, for food, for water, for teaching, for knowledge, for family, for strength, for everything that you do. God, I ask that if no one knows you in this way, like we, your children, know you, that you would just let them see that you would put them in some peculiar situation the way you did us so that when their back is against the wall and they have to choose you because that's the only way out, that they would just choose you, that they wouldn't get scarred from this life and stay there, that they wouldn't have the line drawn around the dead body like at the crime scene, but that they would just trust you, put their hand in your hand and join you in glory, Father, because this life is tough. It's really tough with you, but God, it must be unbearable without you. So, Father, we thank you for the relationship, and we thank you for the love that helps us endure through to the end. And we thank you that if we would just deal with this for a little while, which is the lifespan of a human, that's a little while in your eyes, well, then we would rule and reign with you for all eternity. Lord, we love you. And we can't thank you enough for all that you do, but we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form or fashion today. Each week we hold Bible study on Zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.